Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey everyone, what's going on? We are live right now with the Seller Roundtable podcast and I'm here with my friend Matt Shaw and you guys, you're going to want to join us in the Zoom for this or catch this live because I started talking to Matt a couple of weeks ago. He had this incredible story about, you know, well, first I thought I was just talking to this guy who was running a 3PL and I'm like, oh man, another one. Okay. You know, <laughs> but Matt has not only run a 3PL, he has been a seller. He has done so many things. And like a lot of us during this pandemic, he has had to completely pivot and he's done it with class and has really pulled it off. So uh, I know that everyone is going to learn a lot from Matt's story today. And, um, and I hope that you guys will join us here uh, in the podcast because it's going to be awesome. Uh, welcome, Matt. <laughs> it's great to Thank have you. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, this is exciting and I appreciate Amazing at Home and yourself for having us on. Uh, looking to, you know, share our experiences, um, some of the things we've learned in my organization over the years and hopefully help others um, in their journey. Awesome. Well, I'm going to hit the recording button for the show and we'll get right into it. Oh, right. you know what? I have to check. I didn't even check what today's episode number was. So before I hit the recording button, I'm going to pull it up and look at what our episode number is. We are episode number 113 today. Okay, got it. I can't believe all we right. recorded 113 episodes. It's insane. <laughs> so, all right, here I go. I'm going to hit the record button. All right. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Amy Weiss, and Andy Arnott is out today. We miss him, but uh, we are here for episode number 113 of the Seller Roundtable podcast, and we're here with special guest Matt Shaw. And you guys are gonna, just going to love Matt's story today. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, so much. Well, you know, uh, as I was talking about on the live before we hit the recording button, um, I talked to you, we had a meeting a few weeks ago, and we were just talking about your 3PL. And, you know, we got on a Zoom call to kind of, I like to vet all of the providers that I recommend across the board. And so we get on this call and I start asking you about yourself. And you tell me this just incredible story. And I was so impressed at all of the things that you have done and how you've actually pivoted into a 3PL um, out of kind of necessity during COVID and in order to serve others. And it's just such a cool story. So, I mean, we usually start our podcast just getting an understanding of your background and who you are and all of that. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? You, you can provide as much or as little information as you'd like, uh, but give us all a little right. background. Tell us a little bit more of your story. Great. Well, thank you. Um, so it's a wild story because I really started out in marketing and sales and I was selling coupon books and I was working with, you know, school systems and uh, that would sell the books and then the restaurants that were in those. And I kind of parlayed that into starting to sell baby products for a company here in North Carolina. I'm in Raleigh, by the way. And um, the, uh, the interesting thing about that is I, I kind of got into this whole new industry um, and it really expanded, you know, my sales territory at the time to covering the United States when I had been covering two or three counties before. So it was a big step 
uh, learning opportunity. And kind of as I got into that road, um, I started learning a lot more about Amazon and working with some different companies that were, you know, at the time, uh, very involved in the, in the Amazon and the FBA side of things. And all of that was developing and growing. And so um, I kind of transitioned through a few companies and, you know, I'm, I'm working as a sales rep one day and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I want to, I want to be my own boss and my boss is, you know, making all this money and I'm over here working hard. And it's like, how do I provide and create my own future? And uh, I, I the, the interesting thing is I was browsing on Facebook and I said, well, I want to get paid to do this. Right. So I kind of talked with a company that I knew who I had been selling products to that would sell them on Amazon. And I started bringing in some baby brands to be managed. Um, so I kind of contracted into that company and that company was called Jollity. Uh, and I started, you know, repping these brands, bringing them in and helping develop, uh, you know, their products and their presentation um, on Amazon. And then, you know, we were, we were doing some really exciting things because, um, you know, the, the A-plus descriptions, uh, all of that was not even existent yet. Um, you know, videos on listings was not around. And so all these things uh, we were learning how to do before they were even something that, you know, people were able to utilize um, within Amazon. And so I, I learned so much from this opportunity and kind of grew and grew and was there for a number of years. And then, I uh, kind of, you know, transitioned into doing some warehousing, um, kind of the 3PL side of things and really managing Amazon returns, which, um, you know, a lot of people here that are involved know, especially yourself, how complex and time consuming it can be uh, dealing with those returns. So we were, I think we had a client that was a very large volume um, in the baby industry and we calculated if we got a warehouse we could save so much money by managing all the returns ourselves. And so it kind of, it went into that. And then, you know, fast forward a few years and I went out on my own and was doing my own Amazon um, FBA business. And then kind of at the same time, still running the warehouse. And then ooh, COVID comes along. And one of my largest customers at the time was a wobble stool brand. And all the elementary schools stopped ordering. So there we were, um, you know, early, I guess it was probably was happening as early as February when everything was getting a little, a little dicey. Um, you and know, you, were selling, were, you were selling millions of dollars in these wobble stools, right? And these yes. elementary schools all shut down due to COVID. Yep. And so yep. now and so, your whole business, besides the warehouse, your whole business was basically like, okay, what do I do now? You know, because yep. it wasn't like you were going to sell a bunch of wobble stools on Amazon. You know, it, that's not necessarily like people were looking for those outside of the elementary schools, right? Well, a lot of the Amazon business was, um, was the elementary schools and they were the business buyers. And so oh, okay. what was happening is that just stopped. So, you know, a, a large percentage of the business was those business buyers and it just went away. Uh, it really slowed down and it kind of came back in a resurgence when the whole, you know, go back to school at home thing happened. But instead of it being large schools ordering, it was a whole bunch of small orders. And so there was this huge kind of transition period um, there that was happening. And, you know, that brand 
you know, was, was really affected by it. And they had to kind of go off and start doing their own strategy. And, you know, we were kind of left, you know, here at my company saying, okay, what is our next step? How are we going to, you know, keep the lights on? Right. So um, I had another contact who, uh, interestingly enough, sold a lot of consumable type products, think linen like napkins and straws and cleaners, degreasers, uh, even toilet paper. And so all of a sudden we started selling all these items that were in high demand on Amazon because A, we were established. We, you know, we knew how to, how to make things work in the channel. Um, we were perfectly positioned to, uh, you know, all of a sudden Amazon said, sorry, can't send any more inventory unless it's an essential item in FBA. Well, we had a warehouse. So we all of a sudden were drop shipping like crazy. And it really was just a wild year because I would have months where we would do insane numbers selling a microban, you know, aerosol, um, you know, disinfectant. Right. <laughs> and so, so all of the, these wild things happened and we kind of got to today where we've transitioned more and more into, you know, doing a lot of the 3PL side of the business for Amazon dealers that, you know, since COVID have said, Hey, I have to streamline my inventory flow. I can't hold as much stock at Amazon. I have to be very careful with my shipment creation. And, you know, Amazon is constantly adjust, adjusting that metric. So you, you have to stay on top of it. So we have, we have kind of switched gears and we, we move that direction and we have all kinds of wild things going on. Yeah. So it's been that, exciting. That's crazy. So you've always, you haven't been a private label seller per se. You've always kind of done sales for other major brands or for big companies, which allowed you to pivot into many different types of products to go from your wobble stools to, you know, toilet paper and anything else that, that could, could, you could sell. But what was great was you having a warehouse allowed you to, during the time when everybody else in private label was kind of frozen you were able to fulfill whatever you needed to fulfill and faster than Amazon was able to fulfill it. Uh, we Correct. also took that opportunity during Amazon because we are during the pandemic and when Amazon was not delivering because we had our own warehouse. So we just swapped over to Merchant Fulfilled. And we had so many sales during that time because people were just looking. They didn't even care if it was Merchant Fulfilled back then. They were just looking for something that was delivered on time that wasn't going to be delivered three months down the road. So, yeah, you know, it, it's, it was crazy. So sorry. It, it's, it's very interesting. You say that I've always from when I first started on Amazon, been a fan of having a merchant listing and an FBA listing for a product um, in case you do have, uh, you know, you run low in inventory or, um, you know, for Amazon all of a sudden takes, you know, three months to receive a pallet um, that happens. And, yes. you know, having a contingency plan in place for that is that backstop of inventory somewhere and or the ability to get more shipments out. And uh, when you when you run a large amount of inventory on LTL uh, on pallets, sometimes a pallet will get stuck somewhere and you're waiting and you look that at your so sellable true. inventory go down. And all of a sudden you're like, oh no, what are we going to do? Do we send another also, one really quick? You can't send in more inventory either. That's what happened to us is, yeah. you know, and somebody posted in our group the other day and talked about how Amazon lost an entire shipment, like 30,000 products or something. And, uh, and then somebody else commented and said, oh, you know, Amazon lost my stuff too. And 
I'm in the same situation and they can't send in more because mm -hmm. their, their restock limits are reached because that shipment still shows that it's being checked in or whatever, or it hasn't checked in yet. And so they get stuck. And if they had a way to merchant fulfill, they could continue selling. Even if that merchant fulfill um, option is less numbers than your FBA numbers would be, it's still a really, really great option. So I'm also a big fan of merchant fulfill. So, you know, you have so much experience. I'm definitely, definitely going to pick your brain on the Amazon side because I think uh, there's so much that people want to know. And so tell me about Amazon returns. You mentioned Amazon returns and how you were processing Amazon returns. We also do some processing of Amazon returns. It's a very concierge service, but yep. tell me why people should process their own returns or if they can or hire someone to process their returns and what kind of things you discovered in processing returns. Oh, wow. So I have I've been involved in returns from times where they show up in my apartment at the time and I have a stack of boxes to go through. And uh, then, you know, as we got into having a warehouse, we had a little bit more of a streamlined organizational process in place. But you see so many things from Amazon sending back uh, a totally different product, you know, and, and this guy that I worked for always joked that I'm waiting for the diamond ring to show up, you know, because, you know, Amazon will scan something with a barcode and it can be blue. Barcode says red does not matter. And so the trick is how do you work through that and understand that you're going to get inventory returned. There's going to be damaged packaging and you need a process for it. You need to be able to quarantine um, eBay for used items uh, some categories you can do used on Amazon. Most that I've sold in didn't even have the ability. So, you know, I haven't been as involved with that. But uh, I think, you know, minimizing the loss of the wholesale dollars from whatever that batch of inventory is, um, and then seeing if you can work out credits with manufacturers or uh, return rates. Um, you know, some clients will have a return rate built in. And then if they kind of, you know, are able to reuse some of the returned inventory and get it sellable again, uh, then they win. And so there's a sweet spot for the price point. So if it's very cheap item, sometimes it's not even worth it. Um, and I, I tend to say that things over $20 make more sense. Um, and then of course, if it's, you know, 50, a hundred dollars, uh, a high value item like that, uh, you don't want to just lose all those wholesale dollars in that inventory, uh, whether it's disposed or you're, I mean, even if you're donating it, some companies can't even write off donations um, based on their tax status. So it's like, what are they supposed to do? So um, it, 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 they say it takes a village because you need a team to, you know, go through those items and open the, up the boxes and determine what the issue was. And then there's companies you can bring in as well that will help you when Amazon makes a mistake and sends back three items when they were supposed to send four, um, you can have someone do the case and the creation and all that. And they take a small percentage, but you get most of that money back when Amazon makes the mistake. So, yeah, I, I mean, since we started, we've always processed our own returns. And I, I tell people the same thing. Basically, I had a client call this morning and I was explaining it, they said, well, you know, should we process returns? Like, what should we do with our returns? Can we trust Amazon? The first question was, can we trust Amazon to take that return and put it back into the sellable pile if it's truly sellable or 
put it in the damaged and get rid of pile if it's truly damaged. And I said, absolutely not. You cannot trust Amazon because we get all of our returns back and we've gotten them back for years. And like you said, Matt, sometimes you get a completely different product. They're not checking this at all. The tag inside of that return says that it's damaged or whatever. And it's not, it's either never been opened. I've, the percentage of customer damage or dam, mar, damage marked products that have never been opened that are returned is incredibly high. I would say like 90% of the stuff that we get back says it's damaged, but it's never been opened. And you can get reimbursed for that. So if you, and like you mentioned, if it's an over $20 product and you could get reimbursed for that, and that's a 90% uh, ratio of, you know, of what is marked damaged, but there's really nothing wrong with it. And Amazon's not taking the time to actually open it and look at it. They say that they do, but they don't. And there's just no way. I mean, I do agree with me there. There's just no way they're actually opening them because of when you process your own returns, you see that, you know, it's completely wrong, right? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's funny you say that there is a Amazon fulfillment center uh, near where we're, lo where we're located here in Raleigh. And I have l literally considered going to get a job there just to <laughs> so get on the floor, just to be like, all right, this is what it's like. OK, now I know. Now I now I see it. And um, but the problem is they'll probably want to have me managing a bunch of people and then it'll the cat will be out of the bag. And so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I've also just thought, you know, I would love to hear, uh, you know, whether or not, uh, I would love to see that, you know, whether or not uh, Amazon is actually doing anything with these things, you know, that would be so helpful to know. So, yeah. Okay. So returns along the line of returns, you guys, if you have a way to process your returns, or you can find a 3PL or someone to process your returns for you. At a minimum, do that in the beginning when you're first selling a, a product because you will learn so much about the way that your products are handled, the way that they're marked. And a lot of customers, um, I don't know, there's a lot of sellers that don't even shop on Amazon or they don't shop on Amazon US. And so they don't realize that the reason that customers mark a product damage is so that they don't have to pay a return fee. So they want to return a product, they'll just mark it damaged because you get these options of different radio icons that you can select when you go to return a product. And if you select that, you know, it's damaged, then Amazon's like, oh, it's good. No return fee for you. Go ahead and send it back. And that's why there's such a high percentage. But um, if you do have a product that, you know, like that, where you're getting a lot of returns, you definitely want to check them out um, or, or do that, right? Um, did I miss anything there on returns? I think so. Okay, so my next question for you, you mentioned that a huge amount of your buyers when you were selling wobble stools were business buyers. So mm -hmm. tell me about your business buyer setup on Amazon. What is what are the ways that people should should set up for business buyers? And um, and what are the benefits to using were you discounting for business buyers? Were you discounting in bulk quantities? Um, give us some tips about using the business buyer option. So with, with the business buyers, uh, there's a whole nother extra set of metrics you can look at um, within your account that'll help you kind of see how much your business is going to the business buyers. And anyone that is looking at their order history, there's a little icon or a tag that shows up that says it's a business buyer. Uh, and I love to look at those and say, like, who's the business? Like, 
if it's a uh, paper towel dispenser or something, who's buying this? Or if it's one of my private labels uh, products, oh, like I'm interested to know what category it is. And sometimes you'll see that it's a, you know, a car dealership and you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And so you see angles there. So just a side tip. But uh, for the business buyers, you kind of have two prices, right? So you have your sales price and you have your business buyer price. And those can be the same. But if someone has a business account, when they're logging in, they're going to see the business price. So the everyday uh, buyer on Amazon isn't going to see that unless they're logged into that account, unless that's changed. But uh, my understanding is that. And then you also have the ability to do the quantity discounts as well as uh, you can set up the percentages or um, a flat, you know, dollar amount off at, you know, five units, 10 units, a hundred units. And there are, I think there's one new category option where it's like bulk, where you can literally set up pallet quantities of stuff. So I think paper towels on um, large, large quantities like that you can set up. And the benefit is Amazon is going after the business buyer big time. And what's happening is they're saying, hey, we want to compete with these other big box stores that are doing tons of B2B business. And in that, you're able to capture a new kind of demographic of buyers um, that are out there logging into their business account and they're looking for lots of consumable items. Uh, so if you're thinking, oh, we sell, um, I don't know, paper clips, we'll use that as an example. You know, offices are going through those like crazy. Well, if you have a really cool paperclip and you want to get it out there, uh, having a business price point and a quantity price within the business uh, buying side is going to give you an advantage because you're going to show up, you're going to be more competitive. Uh, and I think it is definitely something that every listing on Amazon should have. I don't sell any products that don't have a business price. Um, and if I'm doing any discounting or um, uh, you know quantity price breaks, all of that is run through the business buying side. So that's a really smart thing that people can do is just check their metrics, number one. And number two, make sure that they have some kind of business buyer discount set up because what do you have to lose? Absolutely exactly. nothing, uh, right? Yeah, there's no additional costs. Uh, you're simply reaching out to a whole new group of buyers. I love that. And if you're offering a business buyer discount, you know, people see that and they go, oh, well, you know, if I can log in with my business account and get a slight discount on this, you know, it's the same thing we all do, you know, when we go to buy something, if we can use it for our business, we, we go and look and see, oh, well, can I get this wholesale or can I, you know, save money on this? Um, so what a wonderful opportunity. I love that you have experience with that because um, that's something that people ask about, you know, what is, what is this business buyer thing and, and how do I work it, right? The, something I love about it is we buy a whole lot of four by six labels for the thermal printing for all the shipments. And I buy those on Amazon. So I go in and I look at, you know, what brands that I like the best as we've bought three or four. And then it's, where's the quantity break and how do I want to cash flow it? You know, I, I want to buy a whole lot of them or, Ooh, I want to try out this new brand. Oh, they have a really good price for, you know, for 4,000 versus 1,000. So maybe I'll do that. And it just, it just helps. And the, you know, as the seller in that side, you're probably going to have a much better margin positioning with that higher volume. Yeah, I think it's, it's super smart to do that. And uh, you really, you can't lose at all. Uh, yep. That's it's very, it's a smart way to do it. I love it. And 
you know, I also, when I was a reseller, I bought so many supplies on Amazon because you could really get better discounts. And I think the more that people aren't going out to Costco and Sam's Club, and you even see nowadays, you can't get a lot of the supplies when you go to Costco and Sam's Club and, and such. You can't get a lot of those supplies even in store anymore. You have to get them online. So if you yep. can buy them on Amazon in bulk for cheaper or for, with a better selection, you're going to make those decisions every time. So it's, it's really awesome. It's an awesome opportunity. And even if you don't think that your product would be used by business buyers, like I have clients that sell gift products and stuff like that and businesses buy them. So you, you wouldn't, you'll be surprised, even if you don't think that your product would be sold to a business, um, that it will be, right? Yep, very true. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.